the biggest names in sports and the best coaches to ever grace the field. We're talking to them all and getting the inside stories inside the locker room with coaches Neville Barr and Joey Hawkins. Super Talk Mississippi. Hello, Pine Belt. Welcome to Inside the Locker Room. I'm Joey Hawkins. Along with my co-host, Neville Barr, you can catch us each week on 97.3 Hattiesburg, 99.3 Laurel, or online worldwide at supertalkhattiesburg.com. And our first guest tonight is a legendary quarterback at Ole Miss back in the heyday and led them to an undefeated season in 1962, Glenn Griffin. Glenn, thanks for joining us tonight. Well, thanks for having me. Well, what was – you know, that was an incredible season. You were there, you know, through some of the great seasons at Ole Miss. What was so special about that 1962 team? Well, I think one thing that really made it special was we were all together in a dorm and we grew up together. I was there for five years, had the same coaches and had the same system. And so by the time you got to be a senior, you were pretty well acquainted with what was going on. So I think that made a big difference in, in how Ole Miss played in those years ago. So they continuity of uh, the coaches and the players and everything. So it was uh, it was just a wonderful thing. And we had a coach in the dorm make sure we was in by 1030 of a night and all those good things. <laughs> yep. So yep. it, it helped. Oh, isn't that great? That's so awesome. That's right. I remember that. Coach, what, what an honor to have to have one of my heroes. And, um, you know, I, I really fell in love with football. And after I spent my whole rest of my lifetime doing it, but because of that 62 team and Glenn Griffin and the Ole Miss Rebels and my dad. But, uh, I mean, just so, look, I'm honored to have you on the show. And thanks for all those memories. They've lasted for me for about 50 or 60 years. I mean, I still remember them. But uh, tell us about – so there's so many things that I, that I could talk. I know we won't get to all of it. But, Coach, tell us about the quarterback – I mean, not about the game, the all-star game with the Packers when when you know, the college all-stars played the Green Bay Packers, coached by Vince Lombardi. They, you know, this is a team that had ten Hall of Famers, and y'all beat them that night, which was a huge upset with you quarterback. And you know, just tell us what you remember about that game. Well, one of the most uh, vivid memories I have is uh, there was a, a man from uh, North Carolina that wrote a book several years ago, and. The name of the book was Starry Nights, and he, he said that that was the, the biggest win in football history because of collegians beating that particular team with Vince Lombardi coaching and all that. Ten Hall of Famers, I agree. That was, that was one of the greatest wins in football ever. And I agree. So he, he asked me, he said, do you have any, any uh, real memories of the game? And I said, well... Uh, the first memory and probably the most vivid thing that I remember is the first play I was in and the game was called to play in the huddle, went up to the line, walked up behind the center and looked over to and uh, Ray Nitsky was the middle oh, line. Wow. Was wow. 66. That would have been scary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He walked up and he leaned over the center. And, of course, he didn't have any teeth, and people didn't wear um, <laughs> right. He didn't have a face, a, a mouthpieces back then. So he walked up to the line and leaned right over, and he said, I'm going to bust your mm, and called me several names. And <laughs> I, t- I totally forgot what I was doing. I mean, I forgot uh, the play. I forgot everything. <laughs> he just uh, kept in a, a step back. Yeah. And I looked at him, and I said, you're going to have to catch me. Oh, <laughs> and, God. And that is said, a great oh, story. So we ran the play. Well, that's not the story. The story right. is that the guy that was doing the book, he um, he 
he called me back in a, a couple of weeks later, and he said, uh, Glenn, he said, are you sure that uh, Renitsky walked up and said that to you? And I said, I'll bet my life on it. And he said, well, Renitsky didn't play in that ball game. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I said, you got to be kidding. I said, I know, I, I know it was Renitsky. I said, I've told that story a hundred times. Yeah. And I said, I know Renitsky when I see him. I said, yeah. man, I can still see that guy when he walks up there. And, and he said, well, what's really interesting is Ron Bundekellen, who I uh, played Wisconsin, was the other quarterback. And Ron played that night. And and uh, he, he told basically the same story I did about oh, this. Wow. And wow. He, said, he said, now, it must have been a ghost because – how in the world could the only two quarterbacks that played in that game have the same recollection? Oh, that wow. is incredible. That is that is that is a great story. And that, but I agree with him. That may have been one of the biggest upsets in the history of football, right there. That was unbelievable yeah. to beat that yeah, Packer was, team. Yeah, that Packer team was loaded. I mean, that's when they had Warning and Taylor, and they had oh, yeah. uh, all the Ten. big guys, uh, McGee and Mal. Yeah, they oh, yeah. all uh, Ten future Hall of Famers. Yeah, and, and you. Oh, they, Heck, that team was all uh, was uh, Hall of Famers. So that, that's it was, it was, incredible. Yeah. Well, and uh, and you you room with Johnny Baker, the great Mississippi State great at, at that time, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I did. Um, well, Johnny was up there, but they wouldn't let him play because he had hurt his neck uh, back when he was a young youngster in high school, or something. And because he had been hurt there, they wouldn't let him play in that ball game. But Johnny and I played in the coaches All American game in Buffalo, New York. Uh, that summer, and okay. uh, <laughs> Johnny and I roomed together, and he was he was really a great guy. And yeah, Johnny was, I, I love him death. He was one of the toughest people I ever yeah, saw. That's and what we've already he, uh, tough. Yeah, he he would absolutely try to tear your head off in in practice in the games, but <laughs> you know, off the field, he was just one of the nicest, uh, softest spoken people you ever saw. He he wasn't a Somebody who was out raised game doing all kinds of things. He was just uh, one thing that, but one thing that impressed me about him, uh, I guess the person I uh, made a huge impression on me, and that was uh, he'd come in and uh, I'd go out with the guys and I'd, we'd hang out a while and come on in. That Johnny, when we came in, he didn't he didn't drink, smoke, do anything, and he he would be there in the room and he'd be reading the Bible. And when he got through reading the Bible. Johnny got on his knees beside the bed, and he prayed. Wow. Isn't that, isn't and that, that just blew that is, me away. That, that's that special, just, that is. And, you know, we had, him on, we had him on the air a few weeks ago, and he was. And I mean, he's he was still the same. He's still the same, Christian Glenn. Man. And uh, he yeah. does so much ministry work in Houston, Texas. You know, and he's been very successful. And that's incredible. We, we were Glenn Griffin, legendary quarterback, led him to undefeated season in 1962. And I've, I've got to ask you this. You were born in, in Bentonia. And you right. were you were four sport letterman Culkin Academy. I'm not familiar with that. Was that in Re- in Vicksburg? Um, that's a county school in Vicksburg. Uh, it was not an, uh, an academy. I don't know how in the world it got named that. I but, know. Uh, it was, everybody thought that I went to some private school or something, but I didn't. It was uh, it was a local county school, and it was just I don't know why they threw academy on the end of it. But, it was before you know, Warren Central, it. right? It became Warren Central. Right, the Jet and Redwood and Culkin all combined to make Warren Central. I got so, you. Okay, see now, yeah. you, okay, and so you you play you played high school. You were a four sport letterman there, right? That, that's incredible. And uh, so, um, 
In track, what'd you run? I ran 102 20 and uh, high jumped and uh, held the county record in high jumping for quite a few years. Uh, oh, wow. And finally, I could, I could jump was I could jump my height. So it was five ten and in high school. I had a uh, jump five ten and a half. So wow, I had the county record in at Warren County for quite a few years. But uh, I, I also threw the shot. So <laughs> That's unbelievable! Wow. Yeah, so I threw the shot. We came in second in the state and <laughs> came in second in the high jump. So, wow, now that but, is, uh, that is pretty, that's pretty athletic there. I mean, that's, that's you got some power and some speed uh, and yeah. some strength. So. Yeah, high, shot put in. I coached 37 years of track. Shot put and high jump, uh, I never had one of those. I love coaching <laughs> you. Never had the combination of that. And uh, Well, well I also ran all the relays, too. We did, and of course. The, but when I went to state, we got there and the coach, and the coach told me that I couldn't do it. Uh, two events. I could either. I mean, I could have uh, three. Excuse me, three individual events. So I did the shot and, and the high jump, and I did uh, Sam Brown, who was down at uh, Port Gibson. Was uh, he and I had been running all year, and we came in one and two and everything. And and so I figured I could probably beat him in the two twenty. And so I opted out of a hundred, and he 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 thought the same thing, I guess, because he opted out of the out of the hundreds, and so we had to run the 220 against each other. Oh, and man. some guy ran it that year, and I think he ran it about two tenths of a second less than we did. So, wow! <laughs> wow. I, I would have probably won state if I had run state in the hundred, but I didn't. Wow, okay. it, Coach, why did you decide, or, or Glenn, why did you decide to go to? Oh, I, mean, I know Paul Diesel from LSU tried to get you there, which is, Paul Diesel is another one, one of those guys that I've read a lot about, you know, and but. uh what was the decision? Well, I, actually, I actually committed to LSU. Uh, I committed to Diesel uh, uh, until we went down. Um, it's pretty interesting. With, uh, Ralph Smith from Brookhaven and Lance yep. Allworth. From yeah, Brookhaven we knew both Atlanta. those, yes. And uh, Chuck Morris from Danico Fort. We were all down at Van Roach uh, for, I think, they were playing Georgia Tech that night. And we were all visiting uh, down. And just before the game, Diesel called all the recruits into a room under the stadium there and and he was talking and all and he said and I asked Lance about this a few years back and <laughs> Diesel said well he said uh, guys he said uh, we're going to put LSU back on the map and we're going to do it with Louisiana players wow. and Lance wow. and Ralph and I looked at each other and Chuck said well I guess he doesn't want us <laughs> and so, I, and so he missed every one of us, you know, wow. right there. Oh, and so and uh, that would have you know, put him over the top. But, but Paul H. came up to my house one to recruit me when I committed to him. He came up and he said, uh, "Well, he said, you know, I was believe it or not, uh, I drove a school bus my senior year. Wow." And, I wasn't but seventeen when I was driving this the hey, bus. Hey, Glenn, can you hold? Can you hold that thought? We're pushing on a break. Hey, we'll bring you sure. right back. Okay. Hey, right. we're, we're with Glenn Griffin on Inside the Locker Room. We'll be right back. That's great. You're tuned in to Inside the Locker Room on 97.3 and 99.3 Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. I'm Joey Hawkins along with Neville Barr. This segment is brought to you by Red Lobster. They have some of the greatest seafood dishes in town. Go by today. Red Lobster located right on Highway 98 in front of Nukes. And David Lee and his team will take care of a great service. Really enjoy going there now. 
Oh, no doubt. A matter of fact, I wish we could be in there right now with Glenn, right now sitting down with him for several hours. Yeah, just telling old stories. Yes, yes. we, we were Glenn Griffith, the legendary Ole Miss quarterback. Led him to the undefeated season in 1962. And every Ole Miss player we've ever had on the air, Glenn, I have to ask you about Wobble Davidson, and do you have a story about Wobble? Well, Wobble was one of the one of the toughest guys that you'll ever ever meet. Uh, he was a lieutenant in the Marine Corps, and he he came back from the Marines. Uh, you got to remember, all of our coaches had basically been in World War II, wow. and so you didn't back off them, and you didn't do any. You know, you did what they said when they said and the way they said. So, you know, he was one of those types that did. Uh, you know, he 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 kept control of everything. He was in charge of freshmen. And he got, in, you know, the job. He had the job of, of uh, you know, if he didn't think somebody had the point speed or the size or the the desire to play, then it was his his job was to make sure they didn't make it to the next level. Next level. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> he yeah. was pretty tough. He he had some of the darndest expressions I've ever ever heard. I'd never heard a lot of the things he said, but. Uh, <laughs> oh God. I did, yeah, um, one of our, one of our guys that was with us as a freshman, he uh, he didn't make it and he dropped out. And then later, uh, he went to another school in Mississippi and did really well. But, but uh, he had a heart attack uh, years after he got out of college. I mean, got out of college and, and uh, went to see him and in the hospital. And uh, first thing he asked me, he said. Uh, did y'all ever? Did you ever like Marvel Davidson? <laughs> <laughs> that was his first question. His first question. Oh and my gosh! I said, "Well, I said, you know, if you had stayed and got to know the man, you would absolutely love him because he was probably the most fair person I ever saw. But he would absolutely had no favorites. Everybody teated up the same every day, and he he wanted the best you had." In fact, yeah. Wobble was in charge of giving grades in football. Oh wow! Yeah. And I didn't—I didn't even realize you got a grade for playing football. <laughs> but <laughs> it was a—they oh, gave you a one-hour, one-hour course grade, and it was amazing how many guys he would slump and how many guys he would—he <laughs> <laughs> oh, would give C's and D's. Uh, I mean, he, he, if you didn't do what he thought you ought to be doing. You you didn't get an A. I'm telling you, he, he was a, a tough guy. He was also in control of our dorm, and he he and his family lived there in the dorm. He his wife Sarah, they, and she was the sweetest and, and most wonderful thing you ever saw. And when he uh, when he passed away at the funeral, she said she had never heard him say a cuss word. Isn't that and fun? I looked at the guys, and they said, boy, she never made practice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Isn't that she, yeah. But he, he was a great guy, and he, but he was just, he was fair, and he was tough. Uh, he demanded the best of you, and wow. he wanted you giving it every time, every play. So, I, I, <laughs> I know. I was talking to one, one of the players that played in the late 60s, and uh, uh, a, guy, a guy broke his – well, they said he broke his leg, and uh, – <laughs> All Wobble said is move up five and keep let's keep playing. He never yeah. he never looked at the guy, you know. And I was wow. like, wow. And uh, Floyd Franks told me he says we had eighty one 
on our team. And after the first day, everybody was whining about how tough it was. And he goes, I'm just going to tell you, I'll be honest. Coach Vault said, I'm only going to be able to keep 30 of y'all. So 51 of y'all will not be back next year. And, tr- and, tr- and, and Floyd said, we had 30 on the nose. Wow. <laughs> it was pretty tough. He, wow. he, we had a guy one night got hit. Um, and, of course, back then, the helmets weren't like they are now. And, and it just had a little suspension rubber in the top of the helmet. And, and this guy got a pretty good shot in the head. And, and uh, it was blood coming out of his nose and his mouth and his ears. I mean, I thought oh my was dead. Uh, and he, he took me took his foot and rolled him over. And he told, called Doc out there. And he told us to move down 10. <laughs> we went, wow. and we wow, went down man. and kept going. Uh, he, <laughs> he called the trainer out, and he did. That wasn't his job. He called wow. the trainer, and that was it. But, that is that's unbelievable. We're, we're I think an old Marine Corps training came through on <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no doubt about that. Glenn, I mean, you were an All-American at Ole Miss, one of the one of the – there's only been a few All-American quarterbacks at, at Ole Miss, and there's been some great ones. But Ole Miss has a great run of quarterbacks. But uh, when you were there, y'all were 29-3-4 and four the years you played. You had a big win over Arkansas, I know, in the in the bowl game. Then '62, when y'all had won the part, you know, part of the national championship that year. And to me, y'all were the best team in the country, and you were the MVP of that game. But I wanted to just say what Frank Broles after that game, 1963, it said Glenn Griffin was by far the best quarterback in America and the best passer he had ever saw. And Charlie McClendon said about you, well, you were by far the most efficient quarterback that he had ever played against. Coach, that's pretty two great endorsements right there for a quarterback. So. Yeah, those were nice guys. And, uh, you know, I, I really respected them. They always had two of the best teams that were well-prepared. They always came yes. after you and, and gave you all they had. And, uh, you know, they were always uh, uh, a lot of fun to play against because you knew you were going to get their best when they came out. So Absolutely. They, two they great were, Two great coaches, no doubt. And to say really that were. about you, I know means a lot. Uh, Glenn, tell we got to talk about you. You, you went, you played for the uh, Giants in 1963, and and with and Y.A. Tittle. Uh, tell us a little bit about Y.A. Tittle. Why is there? He was a pretty nice guy, and uh, you know you got to remember he was uh, he had been playing for about 15 years more than when I when I went there. So I think I was like. Uh, his first year in pro football, I was like uh, four years old. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so when I got there, he was well. He had been uh, been there for quite a while, and he uh, he was he was one of the smartest guys. Uh, one day we were playing Detroit and um, in an exhibition game, and they had a guy named Night Train Lane. Yeah, that, I remember um, him. Was a, yeah. was a defensive back, yeah. and he was a really good one, and so. Um, they let me play. We had a guy, Ralph Guyami, who was backing way up when I got there. And so Guyami played a little bit, and then I went in uh, the last quarter. And when I started to go in, Y came over and he said, uh, he said, don't try to throw anything deep on night train. He said, you throw it deep, he's going to get it. He wow. said, you can work him under, but don't don't throw anything deep on him. Wow. So he had been playing so long, he knew all the defensive backs in the league, and he knew what they could do and where their strengths were. And so, you know, that was it. That was great. And he he was he was so had a great sense of humor. And and he he was uh, one day they were kidding him about not being able to throw the ball very far. He couldn't throw it, but about he couldn't throw it fifty yards a bit. And and uh, somebody was getting on him about not being able to throw the ball fifty yards. <laughs> he said, "Well, I tell you what." 
it's a hell of a lot easier to complete them at 35 than it is 65. <laughs> that's, that's the truth. <laughs> that's the truth. And, 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 you know, and a reporter asked him one time, too, he said, uh, why is because why he'd stand there and he'd look at a wide receiver out there and he'd motion him in toward him a little bit or he'd push him out a little bit and all. And so he, he uh, asked him, so, you know, what are you doing? So how do you how do you know where you're supposed to be? And he said, I don't know. He said, I just feel like he's too far. He's too close. Yeah, <laughs> so wow. He would That's, he would move them back and forth. That is amazing. And you know, and you, there was a big in 1963. There was a big NBC did a big documentary on your kind of rookie year that called the making of a pro. And that was a pretty big thing. I can even remember that. And yeah. uh, that had to be pretty special right there. I mean, that was a and. Uh, well, it was. They followed us and followed me around the whole training camp, and then uh, they came to the Sugar Bowl, and then they went to the to uh, um, all the training camps and, and did that, and then followed us through preseason. And um, um, we was playing Pittsburgh right after the season got started, and and uh, Gifford, uh, Frank Gifford, of course, was with the Giants at that time. Wow. And, um, I completed a pass to him, and and he ran down to about five yard line, got tackled and all. And and uh, after the after that, we came to the sideline, and he was sitting on the sideline, and I knelt down. He walked over, put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, uh, "What are these guys doing, following you around?" <laughs> and I said, well, "Well, I think I said they're doing a, some kind of a documentary or something." And he said, "Have you signed anything?" I said, I said "Well, what do you mean?" He said, "Well, have you signed a contract with the with them?" I said, "I don't know whether I have or not." I said, "You know, the Giants said something to me to sign it and, yeah. and do it," and so I said, "I did," and he said, "Oh man," he said, "You hadn't." You and me are fixing to get rich. <laughs> so, oh, he was, Frank was, he was pretty good. He was a good guy, too. Wow. Isn't this incredible? We, you know, it, look, it, we're out of time. Is this unbelievable? Glenn Griffith, look, we want to thank you for coming on. Yeah, what an so honor much. to have you, Glenn. It was an honor to have you, Glenn. Thank, and like I said, thanks for all those memories. Well, I appreciate you letting me tell it. Hey, Glenn Griffith, hey, we'll be back with one of his teammates, Jake Gibbs, right on here inside the locker room. Stay with us. Inside the Locker Room with Coaches Neville Barr and Joey Hawkins. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. I'm Joey Hawkins along with my co-host Neville Barr. Our next guest is another legendary Ole Miss quarterback, New York Yankee for over for 10 seasons. We've been blessed tonight. Yeah, and former Ole Miss baseball coach Jake Gibbs. Coach, what an honor to have you tonight. It's great to be with you, Joey. Well, well, thank you. Well, look, you, you grew up in Grenada. What sports did you play in high school? Well, Grenada was a, a little skin conference. Yes, sir. And we, I played uh, football, 
baseball and basketball. Wow. I wasn't very good in basketball, but I could guard people. But I wasn't a great shooter. <laughs> but that's the three sports that I played. Isn't that great? Wow. And uh, did you grow up being an Ole Miss fan? No, I really didn't, Joey. Uh-huh. Uh, I tell the stories that uh, from time to time. That back in 1951, I was born in '38, so I was about uh, 11, 12 years old, I guess, that time. <clears throat> and I went down to. My friend's house, Ray Freeman, uh, and he was signed with the Rebels, but he got married and had to go to Dallas State. But anyway, he was down there one Saturday when, in 1951 when Ole Miss was playing, Mississippi State, and we were throwing the football around in his front yard, and his mother came out and said, it's time to come in as Ole Miss Mississippi State football guest. <laughs> I didn't know hardly anybody on the Rebels or Mississippi State, and before I knew it, Showboat Borkin scored for Ole Miss. And before you know it again, Showboat Borkin scored again. And I said, hell, he must be a pretty good uh, running back. <laughs> well, Showboat scored seven touchdowns that day against Mississippi State. Wow. And I think that's when I really got interested in Ole Miss because of Showboat Borkin. Wow. wow, but what a story. Wow, that was. What a that story. Is. Coach, it is, a, it, it is an unbelievable honor to have you on the show. One of the greatest football and baseball players and coaches in Ole Miss history. So it, it really is an honor. And, and, again, like we said to Glenn Griffin, thanks for all those memories. But, Coach, I want to uh, ask you about uh, going – got to ask you about going to the Yan- Yankees. And, uh, and how did you – because I know you had an offer, too, in, in pro football. And uh, – and what was it like to go in there and first meet guys like Mantle and Maris and Yogi and Whitey? I mean, tell us about that, just the decision there. Well, hell, I was scared to death, to tell you the truth. Uh, you know, you, you, you hear about those guys, you see them on TV, you read about them. Everybody in the world knows about the New York Yankees, how good they were, what kind of players they had, Babe Ruth, Lou Garrett, all right, those guys. Right. And, and that's one of the reasons that Back when I signed, it was a free agent. You could sign with anybody you wanted to. And I had a lot of choices to choose, but I chose the Yankees because uh, of their great tradition. Oh, yeah. And their winning World Series. And, you know, we came up through Ole Miss where we won back-to-back baseball championships and won football back-to-back. And you get used to being on the winning side, so that had a, a part of me that says, I think I'll go with the Yankees. I know it's going to be tough. It's going to be rough. But I said, if I'm good enough, I can make it. Or if I can't, hell, they're trading for somebody else. But I just wanted to give it a chance. And I signed with the Yankees for that reason, really, because they were winners. Well, no doubt. That, I mean, that's a good reason. I mean, they went, that was an historical run for the Yankees. And, and, and you look, you got a $100,000 bonus, right? Let me tell you the truth. I got 105. They, uh, they, they asked me, Jake, what do you want? I said, I want $100,000, but I want $5,000 for my mother. Oh, wow. And they, they gave it to me that I wanted to buy her a car. Wow, Isn't no, this special? I bet you special. thought you were rich, didn't you? Well, it was like, hell, a lot more money than we've ever seen before. <laughs> I know. This is 1960s. 
<laughs> wow, that was so, a lot of money in the 60s. It's, it's, it's a, it was. Oh, so I mean that, that's like incredible. I mean that, that's like a, a million, oh, you know, a million dollars today. And uh, so, what did you do with your money? Did you kind of store it, or did you spend it, or did you? Well, I was lucky that when I signed with the Yankees, the IRS will let you spread your money over five years. So I took 25 the first year, the 20 the second year, and, and worked it on down. And I was able to help my mother and daddy out with some bonus money. It so that's what nice. I did. And uh, so for five years, I took bonus money because I signed the contract for $1,000 a year to play in AAA. I went from college college ball to triple a the first year and wow. uh, i was making a thousand dollars a month and so that's uh, that's how it all worked out wow wow that, In- that is amazing and coach another th- thing i'm you called whitey ford the great whitey ford and if everybody that's a yankee fan knows who that is and uh, you called his last ball game what, what did that mean well you know, I came up at a great time because I knew Mickey. Mickey was a, was a great friend of mine. He took care of me. Why he was a great pitcher, he was probably the best pitcher I ever caught. Because as a catcher, he didn't work you to death. Whatever <laughs> you put your mitt, he hit it. Oh, wow. And he had to change his, he changed speed. He was not over overpowered by any means. But he knew how to pitch, and he got the ball into it, and he threw strikes. So he, he got the ball but anyway, that game, Whitey had been having trouble with some circulation. A lot of people don't know this, but uh, that was in 68, I think. I called it his last time. But I think in 67, 60, 66, he was having some circulation problem in his back. And I don't know exactly what it was to the detail. But anyway, I knew that in the summertime, when he pitched, one half of his back would be dry and the other half of his back would be wet. Wow. Yeah. And wow. he survived some uh, elbow problems with elbow chips and bone spurs and stuff like that. But he was a great pitcher to uh, to catch. And I just happened to catch him the last day that he pitched. And and he went, I don't know, two, two and a third innings, three innings, something like that. And then they took him out. Then he went to get x-rays, and they said, you got more bone spurs than you have anybody I've ever seen in my life. Wow. So that ended him up for his pitching. Yeah. Wow. What a pitcher, though. What a, what a player. Coach, Coach, one thing I think is so special that maybe some people don't know, maybe a lot of people do know, but in but the Yankees honored you with the Jake Gibbs Day. And that's, I mean, you know, it's the same place as honored Babe Ruth and like you said, Lou Gehry and Mickey Mantle and Whitey Ford. and a, So that had to be pretty special right there because I know they had moved you from third base to catcher and you were such a great team player for them. That was one of the probably most measurable pleasure days I've ever had. I had no idea that they would give me a day. You know, I had a lot of Lifetime 233 hitter. That's pretty special. And I don't think many guys that hit 233 gets a day. But... <laughs> I don't know how it all came about, but I had to stand right there on that same ground that Luke Gary stood and all those great players. We playing Baltimore. This is twenty second of, of September of nineteen seventy one. I had already, you know, committed to come back to Ole Miss as a coach. And it was a great night, it was a great day and, and uh sat there and made that little speech and hearing all the people that, that 
Matter of fact, they used to boo me now they was clapping for me. <laughs> it was it was a special day and it and was uh, very enjoyable. That was special, Coach. It really was. And uh uh, and coach, going back to football, one other thing. Let me just get this real quick back to football, so we make sure we mention you were third in the Heisman Trophy, and I was. Uh, and that's pretty that's pretty good. And Mike Ditka, me and Coach Hawkins was looking at it, was six. So you beat out Mike Ditka, you beat out Billy Kilmer. There's a lot of greats you beat out, but that's pretty special. I mean, going to the Yankees, being an All American in football and baseball, and all, and being third in the Heisman. So that was pretty special. Well, it was special because I tell you what, that you know, guys, we had a. Uh, Bill, Billy Gates was at SID, and he didn't have a whole lot of help down there. And and I don't know, I, I credit him with a lot of a lot of getting out the press. If you have, if you got a good SID to get it out, and of course we had great ball clubs, and that helped too by winning. But he did a great job of putting out the publicity, and and you know, that's when I played. Uh, by the only time you was on TV when you played in the bowl game. Right. Right. The only TV game that, that was played without a game was my senior year on campus against LSU, but we tied 6-6. Other, other games on TV was in the three bowl games I played in. So yeah. you don't you didn't get a lot of publicity. Uh, so it's uh, it, 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 very fortunate down in our way that if you get that high, you did a pretty good job. Wow. That, that is, that that is, is incredible. We, we with Jake Gibbs, one of the legendary quarterbacks, played with the Yankees. Uh, just tell our listeners, we got about a minute and a half, but we're going to take a break, but we're, we're going to bring you back. What was Mickey Mantle like? Mickey was a great person. Uh, he took a liking to me because he, he named me Old Country. He signed <laughs> me a, uh, a, a picture of, me, of him, and, and he made it out to Old Country. He was a country boy, like he was, even Commerce, Oklahoma. Yes. And you know what? I was just down to earth, and I didn't try to put on a big show or go highfalutin or whatever. And when I got up there, I just I just played myself and did what I what I who I was. And Mickey just took a liking to me, but he was a great man to be around, and and uh, we had a lot of good times together. I worked his uh, fantasy camp for many years, and uh, oh, he was just. I went to his golf tournament that he put on. So we wow. became great friends. I knew all his family, all his four boys. So it was, uh, you know, he was, wow. he, he was a man. We, when he walked in the locker room, everybody knew it. Oh, yeah. It, 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 uh, you know, and, um, you know it, before he hurt his knees, he, he was fast, too. Not oh, only yeah. had power, he was super fast, too, wasn't he? Yes, he could run. He run on his heels. But he got down to first first base on the left side and like three one. Yeah. And he was one of the fastest guys that probably ever been up there. And if he had to step in that uh, drainage hole right. out right here right in right center field, and he'll tell you what he'd have done for oh. uh, running the bases because he could fly. Now the, that speed and his great power as a hitter that's amazing. An athlete. Hey, Coach, hey, we got to take a quick break. we got about six, seven minutes when we come back. We were, we with Coach Jake Gibbs, legendary quarterback, played with the Yankees, just talking about Mickey Mantle. We'll be back. we got a couple more questions. i got to ask him about Wobble Davis, and i got to ask him if about he's got Coach a story Ball. on Wobble and Coach Ball. Coach Ball. Hey, we'll be right back on Inside the Locker Room. Stay with us.
You're tuned in to Inside the Locker Room with coaches Neville Barr and Joey Hawkins on 97.3 Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to our last segment on Inside the Locker Room. I'm Joey Hawkins along with Neville Barr. This segment is brought to you by Fox's Pizza right out here in the Oak Grove Shopping Center. When you think pizza, you think Fox's. The best pizza in town, no doubt about it. No question. And, and again, I wish we could... Wish we could have both of those guests tonight. Yep, I we, mean, I, I'd love to talk to them for hours. Well, what a great show we've had tonight. We had Glenn Griffin, 62 quarterback at Ole Miss. We've got Jake Gibbs, coached at Ole Miss for years. Legendary quarterback, played for the Yankees. Uh, coach, I've got to ask you, the freshman coach at, at Ole Miss was Wobble Davidson. What was he like to you? Coach Wobble was a very fine person. He was a smart football coach. He was a very disciplinarian. You knew where he was coming from. <laughs> and he was he knew his football and he was strict. But he was all old mess and he wanted you to succeed. I know that I had to make uh, my time here in four years. I had to make a couple of speeches. And when I made a speech, I went to Coach Bob and he wrote it for me. Is that he right? Had, oh, God, yeah. He had, you know, Coach Bob was a smart person. Wow. Uh, so he knew I needed a little help before the second talks. So he was able to write, and I tried to memorize it. But I got to know Coach Bob really well and, and, and played for him as a freshman. He was a very smart, intelligent football uh, coach and a real smart person. I really loved him, and, and everybody who's ever been here loved him, too. That, I know. That's we, so special. I know what we've heard. And, Coach, I know Coach Fault had a had a had just a big impact on, on your career and a, just a great influence on you. And we tell us about the great Johnny Vault, what, what he meant to you. Well, Coach Vault, I don't know how much he knew me when I first got up there. Coach Wade, I think, knew me. And Buster Poo probably knew me more than anybody. <laughs> and and you had your freshman team, you know, and I never started a game as a freshman. And and really, we went into spring training, and that's where I kind of got noticed a little bit. Uh, Bobby Franklin got hurt in spring training, and I was running fourth-team quarterback. And they, he got hurt. They run in, They brought in Crespino, and he, he, he worked with the first team one day. Elmore went in and worked with him. The third day I went down there and, and I did a good job and I think that's where Coach Vault kind of recognized me in the spring training that, that, that year. Wow. But he was a great offensive coach. He was great. He was he was our coach ready. We had John Kane who's a backfield coach. Coach Vault was a quarterback coach. He knew everything about offense and he always made the statement that said, I'll never let the defense dictate to me what I'm gonna run. And he was the head of the game for us. He loved the, the power game, but when he got down to it, he loved the play action stuff. Yes, he did. He wanted quarterbacks to be able to run and sprint out and bootleg and that kind of stuff. And and that in that way, it was a, a great offense to, to, for, for, to me to run. But he was a great coach, very smart coach, very disciplinary, very intelligent, easy to play for, but you had to do your job. That was his main thing. He wanted you to do it. Your footwork had to be right. If you didn't do your footwork right, he'd tell you about it. Right. So wow. it was all fundamental to his fault and win it. Yeah, wow. Well, Coach, you know, one thing that's amazing, too, is uh, 
is you coached not only baseball at Ole Miss and one of the one of the best baseball coaches ever there, as well as a player there too, and in baseball. But but you also came back and coached some a quarter. You actually coached Archie Manning a little bit. I mean, Vault wanted you to coach the quarterbacks a little bit. I got out of baseball in '65 with the Yankees and came back to the hometown of Grenada. And I came up here on the west to watch practice, and he saw me up on the hill. He motioned me down. He was having passing drills, and I went down, and, and he said, I want you, he said, I'm having trouble with my quarterback. He said, uh, get on the sun and show them how to run 36 slants. <laughs> oh, God. And I said, I had I had a white shirt and cufflinks on and a suit, and I said, Coach, I had thrown a football in five years. He said, I don't give a damn. Get on that football. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so gosh. I took my cufflinks off, and I, I sprinted out eight times, and he said, watch this. Y'all watch him. So anyway, that's on a Wednesday. So Friday, I get a call from the secretary and says, are you coming to the game? On Saturday, we were playing Vanderbilt in Oxford. And I said, yes. He said, Coach Vault wants to see you at 11 o'clock in his office. Wow. So I went in there that Saturday, and he said, what are you doing the rest of the fall? I said, Coach, hell, I just got home from <laughs> baseball. He said, can you come up and work with my quarterback? That's oh, how wow. it all started. And sixty-five. Isn't that special? That shows how special you were, as far as able to relate to kids too and players. Hey, look, hey, Coach Gibbs, we're out of time. What a great night! What an honor to have you. Thank you, Coach. Well, I appreciate it, and good luck to y'all. Hey, let me ask you: uh, You still live in Oxford, same house? Uh, I'm still right here since seventy-one. We built this house in seventy-one. I'm still in it today. And uh, do you do you go on campus much, or talk with the coaches, or you kind of just? No, you know what? I said this years ago, guys, that, uh, you know, I was a coach 19 years in baseball. And, yeah. and I, I always tell coaches, I go over and I meet them, and I said, if I can ever help you, let me know. But I'm not going to come over and, and take up your time and sit in the damn office. And right. Hear stuff. So that's why I've always kind of worked myself. If they want me, I'm here for them. That's right. Well, hey, thank you, Coach. Hey, Coach, thank, thank you. Gibbs. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck to you guys. Thank you so much, Jake Gibbs and Glenn Griffin. Two great quarterbacks. What a night. Great show. Great night. And, yes, know. what a night. Hey, if you'd love to be a sponsor on our show, we'd love to have you. Call us at 601-720-9902. That's 601-720-9902. Have a great Easter, Pine Belt. Jesus yep. has Love risen. you, Mom and Dad, and good night. Catch you next week.